betrayed. I feel betrayed. I feel lied to. Stabbed in the back. Because Robert knew about something on Netflix <laughs> and did not tell us about it. And this is a thing. This is a big thing. So I don't, our prayers have been answered, guys. Final Fantasy is coming to Netflix. I don't know if it's a big thing. It's kind of a big deal. It really Man, is. It the sequel that, you, to Advent Children? It, uh, Yo, you drinking that Crystal Light? I mean, are they bring are it. they bringing Aerith back to life? You're, like, what is this? So tell me, tell me. I need to know yeah, what's it's, happening. It's Final Fantasy VII to Revenge of Aerith. You find out that oh, Aerith yes. was Sephiroth the whole time, and uh, she's come back from the dead to kill Cloud. That sweet, sweet fanboy nectar I need to sustain myself. <laughs> This is what I want to hear. <laughs> okay. Nah, it's actually a zombie shooter spinoff of uh, Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish. Do you now? I, I uh, yeah, I want Final Fantasy Netflix. Can I? Can I have it, oh. please? Can I have? I thought you were I saying you Final wanted. I thought you were saying you wanted a Final Fantasy shooter. That oh. anyway, I'll take it all. Just put it on Netflix. I just want it. Metal Gear, Metal Gear Survive, Final Fantasy. Edition. Right, right. Oh, so, so, oh, so it sounds up. like we have Final Fantasy on Netflix now. <laughs> okay, so this Final Fantasy on Netflix isn't. It's not. It, oh God, I just feel bad that I have to destroy your, I think, hopes. I'm not really sure what you're doing. But Final Fantasy 14, colon, Dad of Light. <laughs> that is the show that's on Netflix right now. You can watch it. If you have a Netflix account, you can just stop listening to this podcast. Well, don't. Keep listening to the rest of this podcast. And then when it's done, put <laughs> things down. What is this show? And how long have you known about this? I've known I'm about it shook right for now. three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Did it? So it just came out today, dude. That's, uh, that's like that's like four years in internet time. That's true. How, long, how I, long is it? So how long I, is it? I, okay, so it came out. Uh, I think September fourth. So it's been out to the public for like at least two, maybe three days. I'm not really sure. It came out in September okay. though. Um, it's only eight episodes, but from what I've read, the eighth episode is like half a recap of the first season, and then like a small twist at the end. So it's like kind of weird. Um, but it's pretty short, one season, <laughs> seven and a half ish episodes long, and um, it's a sitcom. It's it's more of a dramedy, a drama well, comedy. How, how far did you get? So I only watched one episode today, and I'll okay. be honest, I laughed a lot more than I thought I would. And I it's a comedy. I felt more feelings than I thought it would because it's it's also a drama, comma and, drama. A dramedy, yeah. No, okay, so the story oh. is, you have, like, it's really sweet in the beginning. They show a flashback of, like, the main character's name's Akio. This is a Japanese uh, dramedy, by the way, so, like, subtitles, just warning mm-hmm. you right now, you're not going to hear this in English. This is live action. It's a it's- live action Final <laughs> Fantasy yeah. show on Netflix. What is happening? <laughs> They're not cosplaying. It's literally like a son and a father, right? So the son is like, it starts off with him being like bored in the house. He's like, what? Five, six, seven years old. And then his dad's like, hey, son, let's let's buy a video game. So he goes out and buys a Super Nintendo Entertainment System and Final Fantasy. The very... Okay. Yeah. I th- Super Nintendo? What year is this? Well, this is the flashback. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. And they, they buy Final Fantasy. And, you know, at first it's like the kid being like, yeah, I'm going to kick your butt. Like, yeah, I'm going to use fire and, you know, like just having fun. And then he goes to bed because it's bedtime. And then you find the father when it's like really late at night. He's sitting there in front of the TV and he's like having fun playing a Final Fantasy game, you know, like video games. Okay. Do. Yeah. He can bridge ages. And then okay. um, then it jumps to modern day. The kid's grown up. He has like a job and everything, but he still lives with his parents. But he and his dad have become estranged. 
Oh, uh, I know where this is going now. Uh-huh. Okay. And then the dad retires, and the son's like, "You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy you a PS4, and I'm going to buy you Final Fantasy 14: A Realm Reborn." By the way, the name of the first episode is "A Relationship Reborn." It's great. <laughs> oh my it's good God. stuff. It's it's amazing. Wow, they spent all of two minutes coming up with that name. <laughs> yeah. No, and here's my favorite thing. Like instead of saying, "Hey, Dad, we haven't we haven't talked much recently. Let's reconnect by playing this online massive multiplayer game together." Instead, it's like, "Here, Dad, play this game. It's an online game, so everyone you see in the world is real." And then he scurries off to his room to find his dad as his character to get to know yeah. his dad through the online world. Mm-hmm. That's about right. Yeah, you know what? That's great like, strategy. That's like eerily accurate yeah. <laughs> to like how it would happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's how people bond now is through the video game. Like, all right, I know we're sitting together on the couch now. We can sit at the dinner table, you know, and have a good conversation. But let's just go into the video game and talk there. Well, it's well, fine. No, it's, there. it's not even that he knows I'm his son. It's literally like I'm going to pretend to be a stranger who's helping him out. Oh, and get okay. to know him as a stranger to maybe so, see what's going on in his life, oh, so I can understand so he's using him. the game, okay, to like hide his identity. Yeah, and he's playing as a femme oh. cat girl, while the dad is Who playing. Is? The, the son is playing as a femme cat girl, and the dad's playing as a human. <laughs> it's great. The dad's screen name is Indy Jones. <laughs> Like, wow, it's, a nice. great, it's a great moment in the episode because, like, you know, the son's like, oh, you get to make up your own name because, you know, everyone gets a unique name. So what's your name? And the dad's like, uh, I don't know. Let's let's make it in which is like a pretty generic Japanese name. And okay. the son's like, oh, but you could be anything like you could name yourself anything. Like, think of, you know, like you're going to save the world in this video game. So think of the name of a, a hero, an action movie. And then it just hard cuts to him playing and the screen name says Indy Jones. It's really great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> plot twist they like this show actually takes a plot turn and like the dad turns out to be a pedophile oh god <laughs> oh god jesus dark dark Whoa. turn dark turn yeah, yeah. Wow. you said his, t- his son is like a female cat he's like yeah dude it's, it's a little weird and it's shit little- like it's all weird <laughs> oh well, i want to know like what i want to know is how long how long are these episodes 20 minutes 20 30 like 20 24 minutes um, so you're telling me there's eight 24 minute uh, this is basically an eight episode 24 minute long final fantasy 14 advertisement yeah no it, this in a was, way yeah no, this was legitimately paid for by square enix this is actually like a five minute commercial about final fantasy 14 spread across eight episodes <laughs> like i got so excited when you said hey have you guys heard about the final fantasy show on netflix and me and connor were freaking out like no we haven't even heard of this and then you click on there and it's this stuff it's like oh okay <laughs> well, you know what this sort of reminds me of do you guys remember back in like i think it was like 2010 the the can the ad campaign rolled out for uh ocarina of time 3d with uh robin williams and his daughter you guys remember that no. yes yes i remember that yeah mm-hmm. see jack because she's named so, he they named their kid zelda after the game so robin yeah, williams daughter's so, named zelda yeah so it's literally just like robin williams with the with a full beard in this commercial 3 ds with his right? daughter yeah. on a yeah sitting with his daughter on a couch they're both playing 3ds and they're both mm-hmm. playing zelda and, and he's like yeah you play a like out of this world hero who goes and like saves all of time and blah 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 and it's a great thing isn't it zelda and he looks like emotionally over at his daughter <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i know and they play the sappy music yeah yeah uh, and now, now i remember and that. now it makes me yeah now it makes me cry every time because of robin williams but oh. the feels the feels yes, and it sounds feels. like this show on netflix has a lot of feels going on in it too i it's, don't know if i can i can feel honestly feels. a little bit surprising how much i kind of cared about this father and son 
even though I'm watching this knowing like this is an advertisement for a game I played the free trial wow. of that I've still yeah. decided not to buy. Mm-hmm. But it's it's surprisingly not the worst thing I've seen on Netflix. Uh, like wow. I've watched Beyblade Metal Fusion on Netflix. That's pretty bad. It's deep water there, right? It it's bad. Oh god. I didn't even know Beyblade was still a thing. It shouldn't be. They should have let it rip literally, but they don't. Um <laughs> It doesn't have to be a thing on this show though. Rip a room. Pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is our own universe. Yes, so those are great examples of where video games and just gaming culture bring people together. And it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful thing. But I've got a story to tell you guys, the other side of the coin, where gaming, nerd culture, the whole shebang just pushes people away and drives people out and alienates people and shames people. And it's, it's a story about D and D. Do you want to hear it? Should I get a box of Kleenex first? Or <laughs> no, no, no. It's not erotic at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> and here I was getting a little bit excited. Dang no, it! No, no, no. So, so, so. What's the story uh, you have? So, about Colin, Dungeons I, and Dragons. Yeah, I know. Hold on, let me let me go change my pants first. No, no. So, Colin. So, I know you have played D and D, right? Yeah, and you and you have as well, Robert. So, I've never played it. I'm on the periphery on the outside looking in it's always been around but i've never been asked like legitimately like hey like on this day and time like we're all doing D, do you want to play like it's it's almost never happened like people always just tell me about their awesome D. i'm like oh that sounds nice wait so, here, so like are you, are you one of those people that think it's a board game i don't think it's a board game no oh, i'm pretty okay. sure so let me just tell you though like i and let me state for the record i am open to playing D D. blanket statement I'm just, you know, I'm open to it. I'm not closed off to it. I think it's fun. I play a lot of games that like go by D20 rules and all that stuff. So I have, you know, a, more than a basic knowledge of it. And I know there was a stupid movie in the 80s about D&D. But anyways, so here's my experience with D&D. This is like in the early 2000s when I was in a band and I was uh, rooming with our guitar player. He was heavy into D&D. And wow. so I worked, um, we, he worked like day shift. I worked like night shift. So I'd be coming home like, I don't know, 1130 at night, 12 o'clock, one o'clock at night. And a couple times a week, I'd say two, three times a week, I would come in the front door and if the lights were down low, I knew what was going on. <laughs> Sexy times. D, no, D and D was going on. Uh. And and this is the scene. This is the scene I walk into lights guys. Were down. I just knew D and D was going on. <laughs> That's like a really bad porno. It just became a pattern because here, because here's what I would walk into right after like walking it or working at like a rib restaurant for you know hours on end. So, anyways, uh, I'd walk in. The lights would be low in the in the living room. They would all be huddled around the coffee table. It was cleared off. They had like a map out and they had little figures and stuff out there. And they and he had like a couple like oil lamps lit. Mm. Okay, so it was oil, real. Wow, taking it yeah. to the next level Dude, with the oil lamps. Hold on, hold on. I haven't <laughs> even begun. Okay, so they've got a couple oil lamps lit, and the DM, the dungeon master, sitting there in his like throne, basically, quote unquote. And um, everyone has their paper, and everyone has their dice or whatever, and their rule books and stuff. And some of them have like swords. <laughs> And they're like swords, and they're like kneeling like at the table, oh. like you know, like how you take like Yo. one knee with your sword. <laughs> hold on, and some hold of on. them had helmets on. <laughs> Jack, this is what D and D is. No, right? no, no, Jack, this hold is on. What it is? Hold on. It's just... Are we talking Toys R Us like plastic swords? No, we're talking about like the metal ones, oh, like replica man. swords. 
we we talking we talking like full tang like battle ready like yo let's and do this tang. right now like throw <laughs> yeah they got their full, full tang. tang orange yeah. juice on <laughs> so guys okay this is my experience right and so i'd walk in and they would be like hey and i'd be like hey guys <laughs> they'd be like uh, you know they'd all grunt and eat their <laughs> Cheetos and popcorn and speaking pretzels and stuff. Yeah. So speaking then I go dude. into my room, which is really close to the living room. So I would just go in there, and ironically, I'm sitting there playing um, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, <laughs> right? Which is like a D and D game, basically in the Star Wars universe. So I'm playing that. They're playing D and D, but like all night long, this is what I hear. So I walk through that scene, and I just hear like it's kind of quiet. But then the DM, I can hear him talking just like rrr, 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 through the wall or something like that. And I just hear rrr, 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 like kind of Charlie Brown parents kind of noise. And then every like 15 minutes or so, you just hear him talking and then it would get quiet. And then everyone at the same time would just go, whoa, <laughs> 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 like every 15 minutes. And then the DM would say something else. Rrr, 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 and then, whoa, <laughs> just the like that was the cadence. That was the cadence that I had to live with. I was like, all right, I guess that's D&D, so yeah. I know everything I need to know now. No, I can confirm. Yeah, when I, whenever I get together with my friends to play D&D, it's pretty casual stuff. You know, we get our dice, we get our papers, we wear our robes. Some of us wear shining armor. Uh, usually we bring swords we buy at the Renaissance Fair. And um, we we smoke a little bit of kush before then, you know, to kind of get it get get that good, whoa, going on. Whoa, <laughs> you know? yeah, you're Keanu Reeves on. Yeah. <laughs> no, um... That's really weird. Are you sure they weren't on any substance? <laughs> like, it's a little... It's I a can't little... say, to be honest, I have a doubt that there wasn't something going on. I, I never saw it, but yeah, anything's fair. possible for sure. Yo, that's, like, why D&D was, like, getting the flack that it was in, like, the 70s or early 80s. Because, like, <laughs> like you, you guys, you know, you guys know the, like, the, the, the befuddled movie. history of D&D, right? With, like, them... Is is it a the movie? What are you guys talking about? This movie is it like a documentary or something. Wait, no, you don't. You don't you know, know? the D and D movie. Wait, I know some live action movies that are pretty bad, like for D and D. No, there's like one live action movie. I don't remember the name of it, but it was based on a book written by a dude in the seventies who was like, D and D is literally like full of Satan worshippers, and like it's made by yeah. the devil. And they, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah he wrote I'm talking this, about I'm talking about the movie. It's just called Dungeons and Dragons. It's directed by Courtney Solomon, and it came out in 2000. That movie, guys. Oh man, I think I, I've seen that one though too. Marlon um, Wayans is in it. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> they got a Wayans um, brother in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my god. Yeah, it's a pretty bad movie, honestly. <laughs> well, anyway, the reason why it was getting all that press and and being associated with like Satanism and all that shit was because. There was an instance in like the late 70s and early 80s. Don't remember like all the details, but there was an instance where something happened in the game and some conflict broke out between either the like two players or like a player in the DM. And uh, one of the dudes ended up like attacking the other with their weapons because they would they were role playing with weapons in hand. Wow. Well, did he roll and a d20 first? He must have rolled like a d1 and said like, "Nah, <laughs> fuck you." It was natural. It was a nat 20. Like <laughs> D and D uh, jokes, everybody. But anyway, okay, wait, what even would a d1 be? <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like, did I say, it's just did like I say a D1? flat disc? That's a D2. Oh, that's a D2, so. yeah. yeah it's like, oh, shit. It's like, wait, it's like you're about to reach the D1. Your DM's like, don't, don't touch that. If you flip it over, no, no, no. Yeah. shit's going to happen. Like, don't yeah. flip it over. The, the whole the <laughs> Earth the universe is just going to fold in on itself. Yeah, you're going to start a black hole. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, don't excuse my misuse D1. of the English language. <laughs> Whatever you do. <laughs> 
Fuck. Yeah, but anyway, yes. It ended up with someone getting an axe to the face or something and getting killed. So, oh, oh, oh man. Yeah. This podcast is full of dark turns. Speaking of dark <laughs> turns, Robert, maybe we should intro the show. That's Yeah, it's maybe a dark you think. <laughs> this is a dark <laughs> show. Yeah. to the face of this damn show. <laughs> Welcome this to is the, the longest podcast intro ever. <laughs> Welcome to the dark edition of the Tiny Disc Podcast, a show about games and life. I'm Robert Scarpinito, and I'm joined here by Jack Cepeda. Bong, bong. And our good friend, Colin Sparling. Rolling in that 20. Hey, uh, Colin, intro, though. I got a, I got a um, tagline for you. Now, feel free what? to use it. You don't have to use it. But oh. uh, designer popularized, popularized it. And it goes like this. So let's do the intro again. But just introduce Colin Sparling, and I'll do his uh, tagline. Okay. Uh, Tiny Disc Podcast. Da-da-da. And our good friend, Colin Sparling. <laughs> <laughs> Bra, bra. Bra, bra, bra. <laughs> wow you should see the waveforms on my recording now it looks oh, like oh, really no. oh no it's okay but you feel free to use that you know feel free yeah we'll just have robert sample sample some air horns too while yeah. we're at it why not yeah i'll remember to burr, do burr, that burr. yeah please yeah. no oh gosh we'll just turn this podcast into a pitbull song Oh no! Yeah, except yeah. Pitbull doesn't actually rap. He just has people featuring his songs. And he doesn't do anything. Welcome to the <laughs> Tiny Disc Mister Worldwide podcast. Oh yes, oh, I like man. it. This We're is... off the rails already. Are we though? What rails? It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Must have rolled the D one wrong. Uh, <laughs> That's what happens when you touch the fucking D one. That's why they tell you. <laughs> Wait, then what's it? What what the fuck's a D two then? Though a is there coin? A it's D- literally oh, yeah, a fuck. coin. <laughs> It's a coin. I fucking dude. I'm leaving. All right. I've I've like reached new fucking levels of like idiocy. (laughs) Like like, you know what the numbers mean, right? It's like the number of sides. Oh, T one. T one looks like. All right, we gotta okay. keep on. We got, we got. Some, come on, professional guys. Podcast uh, critical face. failure, man. Podcast face. <laughs> All right, so I guess I'm gonna talk about life is strange before the storm. Do you want to flip a D two for it next time? Okay, I, we're running this. Okay. We're running this joke. Yes. Oh yeah, let's just choke this horse out. <laughs> Just choke this horse out till everyone oh, leaves. Shit. Yep. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So, so we do talk about video games sometimes. We do. Yeah. All right. So Life is Strange, the prequel. I like. I kind of didn't know what to expect from Before the Storm. You know, because I'm I'm a huge fan of Life is Strange. That was probably one of my favorite games to come out of 2015, because Same. it was uh, it was like a Telltale game, but better like i've definitely played it way more than i played any other Telltale game because I, I always get a different group of friends together and I'm like guys let's play this like let's sit down together you know like get together every week or something and play through this game because it's like it's a trip and i think all of us all th- like you two have played it right yeah i didn't play myself but i watched uh let's plays of the whole game i couldn't like really get away from it the story was pretty uh engrossing oh yeah yeah i uh actually ended up so i actually bought the game on a psn sale i was like five bucks for the whole game i yeah. I liked it so much i actually went out of my way to buy the collector's edition oh, wow. and my local GameStop had one copy left and it was their display copy and now you can't find those for like anything less than 50 60 bucks on ebay mm-hmm. nice nice find 
Cool, yeah. man. So Before the Storm is the prequel to this, to the 2015 hit, um, but it's not published by the same people. It's not published by, or not developed by Don't Nod Studios or Don't Nod mm. Entertainment because they're allegedly working on A Life is Strange 2. So they outsource this prequel to another dev studio called Deck 9. Um, they go by another name that I don't remember, but I know... Is it, it Tech 9 as in the rapper? No, no, it's not. But <laughs> they did previously develop a game. Um, <laughs> I can't believe they developed this game. Do you you guys own PS3s? Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see or play that game called Pain? P-A-I-N? Uh, it sounds so familiar. It what, does. What was, was, it, it? was it like a real cheap kind of like downloadable yeah, It was game? a cheap downloadable game where you just yeah. have a character and you fling them at walls and like try to get different oh, bonuses yeah. by knocking stuff down or whatever. Yeah, it's like a casual kind of like a take on like a Wii game almost, right? Yeah, it was like a, like rag, a rag. Like ragdoll physics, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. They developed Yo. that game. <laughs> wow. wow. And now they developed Life is Strange Before the Storm. Uh, still published by Square Enix, of course. Uh, so it released August 31st, so last week, uh, for uh, $17 uh, for three episodes. So only the first episode's out. So if you buy it right now, you won't get the full story. It's just the first three and a half, four hours-ish. That's kind of how long it take, took me to beat the first episode. Um, and they came out with a deluxe version that you can buy for like 25 bucks. that I'm kind of iffy on. Because what is it? So yeah, in the deluxe version, they have um, like three extra outfits that you can choose for the main character to like dress her up different, which I guess is cool. And then like a mixtape oh. mode where you can change the background music in different scenes. And then they're locking away a fourth bonus episode behind the deluxe edition. What? Yeah. Let, let me let me ask you this because this is my primary concern when uh, we talk about a sequel or a quasi sequel or a prequel being handed off to another development house. So I'm worried about it tarnishing like the reputation of the series, like because I think Life is Strange does a lot of interesting things. It is a little rough around the edges in in parts, but I think there is a good game there. And I would be worried about the B squad, right? Like ruining it. I'd rather almost mm. wait in my head. Like, no, let me just wait until like the A team like comes out with the proper sequel. So that's why I'm kind of thinking like, should I skip this? Like, is it really like, okay. you know, a worthy kind of successor to, yeah. to the last game? Is so, this an Arkham Origins? Exactly um, my point. Yeah. I, and I totally yeah. skipped those games. So it is an Arkham Origin, but it's a good Arkham Origins. I think I think it's really okay. solid because the the strength that I think Life is Strange has is that its characters you care so much about them by the end of it. You know, it's it's not like mm-hmm. I mean playing the game is fun too, like t- solving the time travel puzzles and all that. Like it's interesting, but to me the strongest part of the first game was its story and like how it treated its characters and how it made them so memorable. So you see and a lot of the old characters from the original game. Are they the same like, voice actors? Kind of, yeah. So I'll get into that. So in the in this prequel, you play as Chloe, the best friend of the main character in the first game. And the prequel, you're playing three years before the first game happened. So this is like two years after... I mean, this isn't really a big spoiler, but two years after Chloe's dad dies and after Max leaves Chloe. So she's <laughs> like... a big spoiler. <laughs> not really. Like, okay. <laughs> I don't think so. That's not the main part of the game. Okay. No. I I mean, like, you know that. Like, Chloe tells you that in the first game. Anyway. um, So it's two years after that, you know, so she's like angsty, depressed teenage. Like, I smoke now. And like, who cares if I die? I'm edgy. 
Um, the trouble is Ashley Birch, who voiced Chloe in the first game, is not returning or did not return for this prequel because you know she's part of the writers or uh, the voice actor strike that's happening right now. Um, but she was still on the production team, like kind of coaching the current voice actress and you know like trying mm. to get her to hit the right notes and you know that kind of thing. And help to make sure that, like, Chloe's character still felt like Chloe in terms of, like, the writing. So, for the most part, the voice acting is passable. Like, there are definitely moments where you're mm. kind of like, oh, that's that's not, that's it, not Chloe. Take another pass there, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't, um, uh, wasn't her parents' voice actors different, too? Like, David that, and yeah, uh, her mom? David's voice actor is very, very different. Like, I don't recognize him to be honest and you know david yeah, he had like the uh somewhat southern thing going on in the first yeah one. david's voice is pretty strong in the first one he's like he's that southern guy who went into the military and he's like a hard ass you know what i mean right and so this kind of reminds me of the part where in fresh prince of bel-air they got a new actress for aunt viv mm-hmm. and she was like completely different looking and it's like huh like no yeah trying to float that doesn't seem like it's gonna work mm-hmm. uh but aside from like those changes like david doesn't make a big appearance in the first episodes so you can kind of like ignore that and chloe is, chloe's voice actress is passable enough where i'm kind of like yeah that's that's okay it works out it's fine uh and i think the episode does a really good job of kind of explaining who chloe was before max came back to um arcadia bay because uh, it tells the story of when chloe meets rachel and if you guys play through the first game like rachel amber is like spoken of a lot but you never meet her in the game for many reasons um so you get to see this friendship between chloe and rachel develop and that is i where i think the game shines the most because the first half of the game or the first half of the episode is like seeing chloe go through you know like going to a concert and like going to her first day back at school or something like that and like you kind of get to see characters like where were they three years ago like from the first game uh, but then the second half is just like a Yuri bait adventure between Chloe and, uh, Rachel. That's pretty great. Okay. All right. Mm. Don't give away the whole thing, man. Like let oh, people, no, no. you know, look yeah, at yeah. it themselves. So, <clears throat> oh, just a quick question. Is it running on the same game engine? Didn't they put it in mm. a new engine? Yeah. It's in unity. Now the first game was an unreal, right? Yeah. Which is weird i don't really see games doing a jump from unreal to unity a whole lot that's yeah because unity usually has a lot more problems yeah that's like, another like red flag for me too some of the animations are a little wonky but i think it's for the most part still very faithful honestly to the original yeah. game like i think it's a, yeah the art style looks like it's there but yeah i think it's a pretty worthy addition if you really like the characters, which I think is kind of the main reason to like the game. Like to me, it's hard to think of someone who really likes life is strange just for the gameplay. Cause the gameplay was so, so good. You know, it's like, to me, that's not the core strength right. of the first game. I can definitely see them like rewarding players of this prequel. When life is strange two eventually comes out, you know, there's definitely gonna be some references. There's definitely gonna be some things that will mean more to you or hit harder emotionally. If you play both games. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, like, I don't know if I'm still on the fence, whether I'm going to play this one, or I'm going to wait for the proper sequel. So, but I mean, you know, you said the story's good and, and it seems like you're high on it. So oh uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I mean, give it a look. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, not like i mean there are definitely bad things you can say about it like the voice acting is very different um they've changed the powers so instead of like being able to turn back time there's like this back talk system where you like basically insult people until you get them to say yes to you <laughs> <laughs> which is very like edgy chloe 
Um, oh yeah, that's a Chloe thing to do. Yeah, uh, the system for it though feels a little meh, honestly. Yeah. Oh, one one last quick question: Did they put any? They didn't put any details out about this exclusive fourth episode for the deluxe edition. It's called Farewell. Has screenshots of like Max in it, so maybe it's like the day Max leaves or something like that. It's called baiting. Give Us More Money. We'll give you a little thing here. Yeah. Yeah. For, baiting for eight dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So, right. uh, Colin, what have you been playing? So I finally got a hold of a copy of Horizon Zero Dawn. It's been a game that I've been meaning to play since it came out. I just it was one of those things where like I was it came out. Everyone's like, dude, Horizon's so good. at it," And I was like, "Ah, I don't know if it's going to be a day one buy for me. Probably not. And because actually what happened, it kind of got ruined for me. So there was some footage uh, going around on like, I think, 4chan before the game game came out. Mm -hmm. And it was actually alpha footage, but it wasn't labeled as such. And so the game, it just the gameplay looked like garbage. Um, so I was like, I don't know if I want to get this. Cause like the animation looked really bad. The combat looked really stiff and it just didn't look like a whole lot of fun. It looked like it, it looked like a Tomb Raider ripoff to me. So I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to get this. Um, but after seeing how good it was, you know, I waited after I played, you know, I played Zelda and stuff and a whole bunch of other games. And I finally got around to picking up a copy. And so when I actually did get a copy, uh, last Friday, I, I walk out of the game store only to come home and find out that my disc wasn't in the case. <laughs> nice. So, oh, that sucks. Yeah, I hate yeah, that feeling. I was like, dude, like, was, I was so deflated, and the and the game store was already closed. More like so, Horizon Zero Disc. Yeah, yeah exactly. was was Rip. it at a local shop or was it at a game store? It was a, it was a local shop. It was oh, uh, it the place that I usually shop at back home. Level up. Shout out to them. Mm. Um, but. So I was like, no big deal. So I went back on like Sunday or whatever. And I was like, I walked into the door and I'm like, dude, I am one dissatisfied customer. I'm not uh, mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm just I disappointed. Opened the game, I opened the game case. I'm like, what is this shit? <laughs> he's like, dude, I am so sorry. I'm like, <laughs> and, damn. And I give him so much shit for it. But uh, yeah, he got me the case back and he gave me 10 extra dollars in uh, store credit, actually. Nice. That's nice. Um, yeah. So that was pretty dope. Um, anyway. So the game itself, man, uh, first thing that hits you, dude, you start this game up. Oh, by the way, so this game was released February 20, 28th of this year uh, by Guerrilla Games. Uh, it's a PS4 exclusive and actually the second best selling game on the PS4 right now in terms of exclusives. Oh, 3.4 wow. million copies it sold. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the game itself, the first thing that hits you, graphics for sure. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard a lot about how good this game looks. Yeah. Lives up to the hype for sure. Especially playing on a PS4 Pro with a 4K TV looks incredible. The textures that, are all very high that how you're playing it? Yeah, actually oh, I am. Uh, PS4 Pro and dude, it's so crisp looking. Um, yeah, the textures are just really high res. There's a lot of like particle effects going on. There's a lot of like, you know, you can see like the individual blades of grass and everything else. It's what, it's What about HDR? Uh, I don't have HDR on my TV, okay. so okay. I, I haven't been able to experience that. And everyone says that's what makes a huge difference for 4K. And I haven't, I've never seen an HDR display. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know Goals. if you guys have, but no. Um, but I'm, I'm in the market. I'm, I'm staving off the urge to go buy a 4K TV. I don't even have a PS4 Pro, but like, I'm like, oh, they're so cheap now. They're like 400 dollars yeah. now for a 55 inch. Yeah. Well, dude, honestly though, like the longer you wait, the cheaper they're going to get. So yeah. it's really not hurting you at the yeah. end of the day. Um. But yeah, like the the textures look really nice. The facial animations are very very nice, like almost on the level of like LA noir type stuff. Like 
it look they look better they look cleaner um but they're like get uh, like getting ever closer to that uncanny valley kind of thing mm. it's weird can you like imagine a world where mass effect andromeda has the character animation the facial animation of horizon zero dawn that would have made a world difference for that game for me oh yeah 100 percent. yeah they're like Only- that's, that's like comparing an xbox game to a ps4 game like an original xbox yeah. Oh yeah, do yeah. Those facial uh, those facial animations were really bad. Um, but the only the only problem I've run into with the facial animations is they do get like kind of copy and paste after a while. Like some of the NPCs in the face kind of look the same on um, the way they talk and the way they move. Mm-hmm. Mm. But otherwise, like they're really really impressive. Um, and just like the over like the world the overworld is just incredible looking. It looks lived in. There's a lot of like ruins from a, like a past society. You can tell that there used to be someone else living here, and now this more primitive, uh, basically style or kind of humanity t- uh, took over, and they kind of just sca- stayed off the the land and like the the different machines. It's really cool. That's the cool part about the the characters, right? Is like the whole core concept of this game is like you're hunting these mechanical versions of animals. And you're they're actually taking the pieces of these animals and then putting them like on their clothes and on their armor. So like everybody like, has just random animatronic type like metal looking material all over themselves. Yeah. Um, to call them animals, they're more machine than animal, right? Well, yeah, of course. But they it's they're so like animalistic in the way mm-hmm. they behave. Yeah. That it like they're basically just robot animals. If you if you put a skin of an animal over top like the robot body, it you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Like, the just imagine like identical. Go- Going to Chuck E. Cheese and just ripping his fur off, and that's what these things look like. Basically. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Honestly, it's exactly that's uh, a perfect way to describe it. And but it also pulls off one of those things where like every single one of them has like one of those glowy eyes. So it's like, oh, that's obviously the weak spot. I mean, some some of them are smaller than others, and other all of them have like other weak spots other than just their eye because it's so small. But it's one of those things like, oh, well, we're gonna shoot for the eye because that's how you kill it instantly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it just makes it really obvious. So how does it feel to play this game? Because I've heard a lot of great things about it. I've yet to play it myself. Yeah. So yeah, that's the last thing I have lifted, uh, listed here. So the gameplay itself feels very, very smooth. Like the, uh, your character Aloy control, controls very nicely, very precisely. A lot of... Um, obviously, going into this game, I had a lot of comparisons in my head to Breath of the Wild. Um, they both came out around the same time. They both have like the open world mechanics, a lot of climbing, a lot of using your bow. Um and that that's kind of the cool thing, right? Is like the bow mechanics feel a lot like uh, Breath of the Wild, except in Breath of the Wild, it's like you what you hold left trigger, I think it is for your bow, and then you so. like yeah. And this one, it's like you hold up, you hit the left trigger to hold up your bow, and the right one to fire. That's the ah. only difference. Yeah. Um. But the cool thing is like you get a shit ton of different bows, like all for different applications. You have like a sniping bow, uh, like a close range bow that does like a lot, like a lot of damage, or does like uh elemental damage with like special ammo. And then you have uh, like your close range weapon, which is uh, your spear, which kind of controls kind of like Dark Souls in that like R1 for your light attack, R2 for your heavy attack. And R2 like always knocks down the enemies and R1 like can take armor off your enemies. Um, But like uh, the only thing that bothers me the most is like so in Breath of the Wild, the biggest one of the biggest mechanics is climbing. Right. Right. Like you can climb literally everything. 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 This game you can't. And it pisses me off to know it because you see me like mm. going up against the wall, like jumping like an idiot. Like, why can't I climb here? And so, uh, like, I'm, I'm you have to like look all the way around like a rock wall and find that one notch where you can actually grab onto. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and so that's like the biggest thing that's annoyed me in the game so far. But in terms of like combat, uh, the the healing mechanics are really cool. You have to like collect herbs and berries to like heal yourself, um, and then like uh, scavenging, finding parts to build like new outfits, armor, weapons, whatever you want. You can sell, buy, trade, all that stuff. But yeah, man, it's a great game for sure. So, uh, Jack, go ahead, Jack. I was just gonna say that it. It came out at a really unfortunate time, right? It came out. It's a game very similar in a lot of ways to Breath of the Wild um, yep. on Switch. And I was playing both of them in tandem. And so I had to, like, switch off my brain. Like, okay, can I climb now? Can I not climb now? You know, you had to kind of really figure out, like, oh, which game am I playing again? Because they're so similar in a lot of ways. Um, also, one thing I want to bring up is that the music in this game is really good. Really, really oh, yes. good music. Yeah, it is. All original soundtrack. Stuff. Yeah, really. I can't really um, point to another game or even a movie with similar music. It's It kind of has its own unique identity. So um, that's definitely a highlight. And it's really worth, like, stating one more time, like, just how absolutely, like, technically gorgeous this game looks. It's, like, one of the best-looking games on console period this year yeah. if not in the last couple of years it, it looks phenomenal and so I, yeah. i'm really jealous of you playing 4k uh on a ps pro that's like the way to do it with this game yeah it is it's like the way to play the game and in fact it's so confident in its visuals there's a photo mode within the game yeah where you can just take a photo of like literally anything like you can take your character off the screen you can just take a picture of the landscape you can change like the contrast put a filter over it like cool. you oh. can do all kinds of crazy stuff is it the unreal photo mode like, is it on Unreal Engine? Uh, no, it's no. Gorilla's in-house engine that they made. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, they're going to be yeah. using this engine for Death Stranding. Yep. Jima Studios. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, Jack, uh, you've been playing a game this week, haven't you? I found a game that has done the impossible. It's taken me away from Overwatch, and I can't believe it's real. Uh I got the Switch, right, like last week, and one of the games I was really looking forward to playing was Splatoon 2. I actually own Splatoon 1 on Wii U. It's sitting on my shelf. It's out of the shrink wrap, but I have literally never played (laughs) one second of the original Splatoon game, even though I bought the game and I just had it. It's just like collector woes, right? It's just like that's just the one thing that... I hate about myself is that I'll buy games and never get a chance to get around to them. So I was like, damn it, I'm getting into Splatoon 2, whether I you know, need to play this all day and force myself. So I bought it, downloaded it. It's really convenient. It just lives on my Switch now. I can pick it up and play it. Um, and right. I taught myself how to play it, it. There is a bit of a learning curve just because it is very unique. You're not necessarily going for kills. I mean, kills are a part of it, but you're trying to paint the whole like uh, multiplayer arena uh, more your color your team's color than the other team's color so it's kind of like ms paint slash call of duty <laughs> you know what i mean like, um, yeah like, not an inaccurate way it's to crazy it, no. so i but it's really fun and man it is dripping and oozing with style it has such cool style to it is um, that a pun no i mean kind of in a way right the the squid ink kids but it's it's a great game the music is very catchy they have like their own like made up squid kid language and i just think it's really funny and really entertaining um the overworld runs at like only about 30 or even sometimes sub 30 frames per second which i thought was a little weird but when you're in the actual game it's a solid 60 frames a second and it just works so well oh, really yeah i'm i'm loving the switch so far i really am i'm very impressed with it i love how yeah, playing the, a laying down on your couch with the screen over your face i love that <laughs> but i also just love the like flexibility to put it on like the uh, on the dock and play on the, you know on the big tv and then just if you want to just pick it up and just you know 
it's it's a great thing. I don't know. I'm just I'm really really feeling the switch. So I just love the hardware, man. It's so nice. Yeah, it's primo, man. I uh, I definitely think Nintendo is uh is definitely on the right track. It's just such an improvement on the Wii U's concept in almost every single way. Yeah. Um, the only thing, you know, one thing I did want to bring up with you guys when we're talking about the Switch is that they have committed an unforgivable sin with the Switch. There's no, oh, no. music in the menus or in the oh, store or anything. And I'm yeah. like, what the actual shit is this? Like, Nintendo has always had the best lobby music. You guys know what I'm talking about? Come on, it's so good. We should just we should put some of this some of it in the show. We should put it in the background. I don't know about that. But yeah, then we get hit with copyright strike. Here's the thing. I'd agree with you if I've if I had seen my main menu screen in the past week, but I literally haven't because I always just put it in sleep mode and then whatever game i'm playing right back yeah, up and that's nice and it actually works on the switch it's much more reliable than it is on the xbox one or the ps4 um when you actually put it in sleep mode it's just because you build and design a handheld with that functionality from the ground up and you know nintendo just always has that kind of vice grip on on uh, the quality of their game so it all works really really well so i love i feel very confident like putting in sleep and i'm going to be able to push the button and just pick right back up where i was and it's going to yeah. work every time. So, yeah, I love it. No, but Splatoon 2, I mean, I haven't done any salmon runs yet, which apparently are, like, one of the more fun features. But the thing about Splatoon is, like, every two hours, the maps rotate. And so you can only play, like, two maps, multiplayer maps at a time. Wait, that's kind of dumb. And then you got to wait two hours, and then another two come in. So it's very restrictive. And then the salmon runs, which is, again, some of the more fun multiplayer parts uh, features of that game, those are not around 24-7 either. You have to wait for specific times. It's very... Wait, um what? It's, it's very, yeah, it's very dependent on, like, the time of day. It's very Japanese style in that way. And they had a, they had a uh, very interesting kind of article about that, too. Let me uh, pull this up here. And it was on uh, Kotaku. Let's give them credit. And the name of the article is Nintendo Designer Explains Why Salmon Run Isn't Always Available. And so it, he's talking about how Japanese developers aren't necessarily interested in catering to players' specific needs. And it's kind of like a cultural thing um, from what I understand. So let me just uh, read the story here real quick. So uh, there was a woman who went to a restaurant in Japan. This is a true story. And she tried to order sugar in a green tea. The people at the cafe said, one does not put sugar in green tea. And then, and then they also said, we don't have sugar. But when she ordered coffee instead, uh, it did come with sugar. So in Japan, there's a sense of, we're making this for you. And this is how we think this thing is better enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why, yeah, in Splatoon, the maps rotate every couple hours and the modes change. And so, yeah, the, the game just kind of goes around with those general Japanese sensibilities. But uh, it's like, this is a specially crafted experience. We need you to experience it the way that we intend it to be. And and again, another kind of thing about Japan is you can't really get food to go either. A lot of people don't know this. If you go to a restaurant, like they are very worried about like foodborne illnesses. So they don't really give you a box to carry your food home. But you can get to-go food, but you can't eat it there and then take the leftovers home. Which is a really kind of just another Japaneseism, but right. I think it's pretty interesting. interesting. Now, is is Salmon Run? Is that like the the uh, what would you call it? like horde the wave mode. mode or whatever? Horde mode, yeah. Or horde mode, yeah. That's the word I was looking Ask for. Ask Robert; he would know. I never played it. I've, 
Like I've played it. I don't <laughs> like Splatoon. I think it's a dumb oh, okay. idea. But okay. yeah, um, there's salmon mode. Salmon run is a horde mode where it's like, from what I've seen, there is usually like a rotating like different big boss that's like roaming the map or something like that, and you're trying to mm. steal these salmon eggs and bring it back to your home base. And it's it's like you work with a group of three other ink squid boys, and uh, you know you kind of paint the map so you can traverse faster as a squid and you know get around where you need to and stuff. I look forward to it. It looks like very fun. I hear a lot about it, and so maybe if I get lucky and I log in during the two or four hours whenever it's available, I'll actually get to try it out. Um, the last thing I will say is that okay, the game is I haven't really like given kind of like the vital statistics about this, but it only came out uh, this July twenty uh, first this year, so you know a little over maybe five six weeks ago. And already, like, it's coming in as someone who just bought it last week. I'm so behind everyone else. And the matchmaking is absolutely terrible. I'm, like, level 4, level 5. I'm getting matched up with level 50 characters. Level like, 30 wow, characters. That's awful. There's no one really my level. Everyone's, like, so far ahead. Because, like, there are some hardcore Splatoon players, man. They and get I think, serious about this game. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Just because when I think of Splatoon, I think it's such a niche market. Especially, like, Splatoon Two, like a sequel to it so i think the people who really give a shit about splatoon they've already bought it you know they, they were there day one you know what i mean yeah and no i know I, i'm feeling I don't, it <laughs> i don't see splatoon being that kind of game where it's like you know i'll pick it up a couple months later because it's not like a nintendo game is going to get cheaper in the future you know, also, this is a game right. that is dependent on attributes as well. So it's fair to say that a level 30 character has much better gear, much better capabilities, much stronger weapons than someone that's a level 10 or a level 15. So it's really frustrating. I'm sitting here like, why am I sucking? Why am I dying so fast? It's because everyone has such better shit than me. So I'm like really on the struggle bus. But the the freshness of the game, the, the uniqueness of the kind of just the general flow of how the multiplayer handles is interesting enough to keep me in it. I, I really like the charm of the game. There's enough features there to keep me coming back. So I, I do recommend it. Um, I'm going to keep playing it. It's like I said, it's not uh, any small task to take me away from overwatch, which this game has done successfully. So Splatoon two, uh, check it out on the switch. Yeah, fair only enough. on the switch. Yeah. If only you also had those Splatoon two like, joy cons have you seen those oh i love those yeah yeah, yeah. i asked the guy at the uh at the store if they had any but they were sold out those are cool though those neon joy cons yeah like the- i thought the pro controller was pretty cool too mm-hmm. yes yeah worth worth 80 bucks for those i think yeah I, I those are probably the color i would get if i was like in the market for new joy cons but probably wouldn't buying anything new anytime soon so let's move on to the new segment shall we would you be interested gentlemen if i told you i would sell you street fighter 2 on the super nintendo for a hundred (laughs) dollars no can i pay you can i pay you tomorrow for a street fighter 2 today (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it's a thing i don't know who wants to yeah i mean i can slap that i'll yeah i'll see i uh you know, I look at this, I'm like, I mean, obviously my first reaction is why, right? <laughs> like, just same. Why? Yeah. Like, I am able, okay, so fifth. Well, let's, be fair, quick. Let's, say am, what, let's say what we're talking about. So Capcom, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Capcom is uh, going through a company. I, oh, what's the name of the company, Robert? I am 8-Bit. I am 8-Bit, uh, yeah, thank I'm you. Yeah. yeah, they're re-releasing Street Fighter 2 for $100 
on the Super Nintendo. They're they're it, they're getting in the reproduction business, and it's going to be boxed. It's going to be sealed. There's going to be what like five thousand copies made, something like that. Fifty five hundred. Fifty five hundred, and a thousand of them are going to be a glow in the dark Blanca green one. But you'll never know which one you have in the box unless you open it. Like there's mm-hmm. no indicator on the outside of the box. It's just a lucky one thousand will get a glow in the dark one. The rest are going to be red. So and to yeah. be clear, if you buy this in the, in the idea of like I want to play Street Fighter Two, you do need a Super Nintendo. Yeah, or, this yeah. this is yeah, a, yeah, yeah this yeah. isn't a ROM. This isn't a download code. This is an actual reproduction cartridge. It's not an actual Street Fighter Two cartridge though that they found and bought and repackaged. It's like a blank cart that they uploaded the ROM into or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's not actual Street Fighter Two cartridges. Again, it's a reproduction, so it's important to know. It's a hundred dollars. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a hundred dollar fire hazard. Woo! Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> why would I spend? I mean, if I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on a Super Nintendo game, it sure as hell is not going to be a copy of Street Fighter Two. It's going to be like Earthbound or something like that. You know, Earthbound, or unless I can find like an insane deal on a Chrono Trigger cart or something for a hundred dollars, which I doubt. But like, yeah, I'm not about to spend a hundred dollars on a relatively common and quite frankly in superior version of street fighter 2 it's not the best so. street fighter game on the super nintendo definitely for my no. money i'd go street fighter 2 turbo which is going to be on the snes classic but also super street fighter 2 would be better over the original street fighter 2 on right. SNES. wasn't there but also it was a was a street the, fighter 2 turbo championship edition or is that the, that's the arcade cab i don't know there's only anyway. three there's only three total on super nintendo but let me okay. let me tell you guys all right i remember I grew up in the era where Street Fighter pretty much ruled the world before Mortal Monday came out and Mortal Kombat was released and kind of took over. But Street Fighter 2, this is how badly I wanted this game back in the day. I went to, I, I don't remember if it was like Video Game Trader. I don't remember the name of the store. It doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't matter. It was Babbages. Right off, it was right off Sawmill Road. I want to say it was like a, a local kind of shop. I took up my Super Nintendo like two controllers like uh the zapper whatever and i want to say like 30 games like 30 40 games like box complete inbox nes games that and i and i was one of those kids that took like exquisite care of like all my games like none of the none of the uh manuals had any like like bent corners or anything like that it was like pristine like and i kept all my like mail-in cards and warranty cards and all those pamphlets and anything so i was like meticulous about it so anyways i brought that in (laughs) to the store and i was able to get the super nintendo core edition which is just the super nintendo and one controller so it didn't come with super mario world and two controllers um and then i was able to get street fighter 2 and i think i still had to pay ten (laughs) dollars yeesh yeah wow but that's how bad i wanted street fighter 2 that at the time like of course now like looking back it's stupid as hell but at the time i was like i got street fighter 2 all right so those are kind of the memories i have with it and i played the crap out of street fighter 2 obviously it was my only game for like months right and then you kicked everyone's ass at it right i'm pretty good at street fighter 2 i'm not the best but you know my my shoto game is is somewhat strong it's fair keep my pimp hand strong mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, but going back to this this modern day cartridge, like I I just don't see the reason why like you can easily get a Super or yeah, a Super Nintendo version of Street Fighter 2 very easily. It's literally just for the sake of collecting and those probably those scalpers that are like, "Hey, going to buy this up so I can sell it to people," you know what I mean? Just cuz there's a limited amount. Yeah. That's the only reason. And I mean, even 
in this article, according to The Verge, like there's a really odd warning uh, that comes with the game uh, from IM8Bit. The warning says, use of this reproduction game cartridge, in parentheses, the product, uh, on the SNES gaming hardware may cause the SNES console to overheat or catch fire. <laughs> the yeah. SNES hardware is deemed a vintage collectible, so please exercise extreme caution when using the product and make sure there is a fire extinguishment equipment nearby. Yeah, that's yeah. the craziest part. Make sure you have... The user. Like, what? Like, I can't tell if this is a joke or if it's real. Like, like it makes it's me real. wonder, did all SNES cartridges have this thing, this this warning that none of the, no one's ever said, or is there just like, something weird with this cart? With it's, the way it's, under, it's the latter. It's the I latter. Just, I don't get it because it's not like there's any sort of ventilation. Like there's no fans on a Super Nintendo. I don't. Yeah. I don't take this warning very seriously. Like, oh man, I need to keep a fire extinguisher nearby, or you know, the house is going to burn down. I don't take it that way, but I do take it as you know, they're really just trying to cover their ass legally because this game does not have the Nintendo seal of approval. You know, it's a reproduction, and if anything were to happen, they just want to you know rid themselves of any kind of liability. But I don't think you're in danger if you play this game of the shit. The game being so shit hot that. <laughs> It uh, yeah. burned your house Dude, down. Dude, you pull them like crazy, like 30 hit super combos, man. SNES is like, holy shit, I can't handle it. Just explodes, bursts into <laughs> oh, flames. Oh, God. <laughs> when you Killer hit, combo. When you hit Wrong that game, 30th I know, but hit, still. it blows up. Yeah. It's all over. Yep. It's all over. Yeah. No, like, uh, dude. But the, here's the thing, though. Like, I have actually bought... Uh, I actually bought a product from IM8 before, and they do, like, good work on their packaging. Uh, they they make a really nice product. I had my uh, limited run of Hyperlight Drifters from IM8 Bit. Obviously, that's a disc. It's a PS4 yeah. game, but they do a really nice job of making the box and the label up real nice. And they put like extra stuff in the box and, and like a map and a, an actual manual. And the art looks really nice. The game itself had a reversible cover and everything. So I, they they make good stuff. I just don't understand what's going on with this whole warning thing. But like you said, it could be just be legal shit. And them trying to cover their ass. So right. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's Nintendo, really hard to Nintendo is pretty strong about their brand. Uh, and, sure. and they do not sanction this. This is not an official yeah. release. Right. Hmm. Um, in other news, so last week, I believe, we mentioned that Games Done Quick uh, was going to do a charity over the weekend for Hurricane Harvey, uh, or for those affected by Hurricane Harvey, I should say. And they tweeted right at the end of their charity stream that they had raised a little bit over $225,000 to donate which is kind of amazing to see something that doesn't matter. Like video games help out in this kind of way, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, that's too cool, man. It, it's something to be said about a group of people that can come together in times like this. You know, I mean, gamers get a lot of flack, right? I think we talked about this in the last show, but it's like, we are one of the most passionate fan bases there is. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come to you when times and needs for sure. And yeah. that um, money goes directly to the uh, Houston food bank. I want to say, I think so. Yeah, and like you know, a lot of people have some apprehension to donate directly to the Red Cross, you know, for whatever reasons with the Haiti um, earthquake and all that stuff. The way funds are kind of uh, handled there, but you know, if you want to give somewhere, you know, your money's going to go to the good of Houston and the good of the people that are suffering right now due to the hurricane. Like Food Bank of Houston is a solid, solid choice. So it feels good to, to do some good there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they. Like if things like this are going to be kind of unfortunately more regular in the future, because, you know, we've already got 
Irma on the horizon and on the further horizon, there are already two more uh, storms that have just been classified as hurricanes. Right now, as the world turns, there are three (laughs) hurricanes, one's a category five, all headed to smack America in the face. Florida, right? It's going to be the main. America is Florida, but yeah. Well, fair (laughs) enough. Yeah. Uh, Hurricane Irma is at category five now. And then close behind it, there's Jose, which is further east of uh irma right now it's it's like way yeah. out in the ocean right now but it's a cat one right now and then katia katia Kat, katia kasha kasha, kasha. You, you sure? yeah i don't know it I'm looks not like sure, kasha katia, know, probably. Could be. who yeah. knows uh hurricane katia katia uh is at category one as well and that's kind of south like kind of in the nook of mexico in the gulf yeah that could hit houston again <laughs> it could unfortunately oh my god yeah, yeah. Like, can you imagine I don't know. So, so wait, what's the what's the trajectory of Jose right now? Does anyone know? Yeah, it's just basically like two or three days behind Irma. Yeah, it's, it's in like, the same place. Oh, so it, it's going the exact same direction? Yeah, but I mean, okay. hurricanes are so there's so many millions of variables. Like they can't, you know, the further um, the further away in time you get, the much harder it is to predict. Just because so many things could change. So it is kind of in that cone of uh, danger, whatever they call it, cone of uh, prediction uh, to hit the same track that Irma is hitting right now. So I saw videos of that and I showed you guys videos of what uh, Category 5 force winds uh, look like. And it is terrifying. It's I don't see pretty. how. No, I don't see how anything could could make that. I don't see how a structure could you know withstand those kind of winds. It's, it's really scary. So. You know, definitely uh, uh, thinking about all the people that are pretty much evacuating right now. I'm sure there's people in Southern Florida, right, that are like panic mode. I, th- I know the Keys and Southern Florida got um, mandatory evacuation, like all yeah. the schools shut down, everything. They're like, just get out. Like, you are not allowed to be here now. It's it's you will not live, basically. Yeah, already some uh, islands in the Caribbean have been hit pretty hard by Irma. Which is crazy. With this kind of uptick in crazy activity, it's kind of inevitable as well to run into the old climate change debate. And we don't get too political on the podcast, but I do want to air one grievance I have just with the term like climate change. Like, does anyone remember when we just I got to get this off my chest. Does anyone remember when we just called it global warming? We just called it what it is. It's global warming. That's just what politics does, like political figures, man. They like to make euphemisms for things. You know what I mean? Like PTSD used to be called shell shock. Right. You know what I mean? So they're like, no, it's it's too it's too gritty of a word. It's too you know what I mean? It's not it's it's not round enough. It's too sharp. Yeah. But like call it what the fuck it is, man. Like climate change. It's it is changing. It's not inaccurate what you're saying, but it is misleading because it's only getting hotter. The trend, you know, and and that's why these hurt. That's why these tropical storms, these tropical depressions, are getting so incre- insanely severe. Is because the water all in the Atlantic and the Caribbean is much hotter. And and when I'm talking about much hotter, I'm talking like three, four degrees on average. Doesn't sound like a lot, but that's just the sweet spot you need to get these winds and the and the kind of circular motion to to get as severe as getting. That's all it takes. Right. And so I just and again, I'm not here to debate like whether or not you believe in climate change or or in global warming i just hate the fact that they change things up like they rename things like i know the same guy that coined that term climate change he also uh coined the estate tax the death tax because like oh if you die you got to pay tax 
And like, while technically it's true, he's making things that he doesn't like and agree with sound much harsher and things that he wants to steer away from due to lobbying and due to, you know, other issues. He wants to make those sound softer. So it's like it doesn't really work both ways, man. So I can't remember the guy's name, but he's he's actually like a news analyst. I'm pretty sure he's he goes on a lot of uh, cable news networks and talks. But we we did a study on him in class at Ohio State, too. So I just need to air that out. Like, I hate when I hear climate change because it's just global warming. It's not global cooling. You know, we didn't have like uh, a sh- uh, part of the ice shell fall off of Antarctica, like what, like the size of like Australia or some shit. It got too be, cold. I know? might, yeah, I might be exaggerating or something, but it was a huge fucking part of Antarctica that fell off. It's not from global, global cooling. Okay. Yeah, no, so. yeah. I mean, dude, anyone who watched Al Gore's like an inconvenient truth has at least an inkling of what the hell's been going on. I mean, uh, say what you want about Al Gore, dude, but it's like, you know, the pictures don't lie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's all there is to it. I don't right. know. As, as long as we're airing grievances, like coming from a journalism standpoint, I'm kind of sick and tired of the idea of false equivalency. Do you guys know what that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Colin, do you know? jog my memory so it's the idea of like there are always two sides to an issue and to be fair we have to present both sides equally and fairly but like you don't have to do that with science (laughs) you know you really don't like like you know it's it's sure you can say fire is hot and it hurts to hold your hand above fire but for the sake of equivalence let's bring over this uh scientist who believes that fire is actually the future to prevent global warming because it's a much colder substance than usual like obviously he's a fucking idiot and obviously that's not science and there's no reason to like give him any light of day Right. And it's in the same way that like we shouldn't be giving these quote scientists who say like global warming is a hoax perpetrated by China. Um, we should not be giving them any light of day because it's clearly not the case. Yeah. Real it, talk. Stupid, preach, man. brother. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, facts are facts are facts are facts, man. It's right. not there's not really any argument there when 99 percent of scientists are like, yeah, global warming is real. Like, yeah, there is no there's no <laughs> argument anymore that there is not a consensus reached like a consensus has been reached. No one wants to listen. It's all fueled by financial gain. You know, it's all looking short term um, and it's not considering the yeah. consequences. And I think I truly believe this is also part of the reason why tesla's stock is so overinflated tesla's stock for a company that has never posted a profit ever is incredibly high and it's because of the in my opinion again i'm not speaking from an expert point of view but from in my opinion it's because people want this technology to exist they want clean energy they want clean cars they want solar paneled um roofs they want to get off the the electronic grid they want to reduce their carbon footprint and that and as these technologies become cheaper more readily available that it's it's like banking on the future right that's why tesla stock is so high and because again they have never posted a profit they've only posted losses ever since they've uh, really come into the uh the public uh eye so that that's kind of point in the future we'll see where it goes uh elon musk is a crazy character i don't know if you guys follow him much he, but he's a weird oh yeah cool he, guy. He, i mean he he hardly a week goes by if he doesn't make headlines somewhere yeah but uh welcome back to the tiny disc podcast hey we now, talk about yeah. uh, <laughs> video games so uh randy pitchford of gearbox he has said at pax which happened over the weekend that quote we are working on the thing I think most of you guys want us to be working on, end quote. That's so, season two of Dad and Son RPG Final Fantasy. This time it's on Hulu, <laughs> right? I'd watch it. 
I would watch <laughs> you? that probably. <laughs> but my money is on Battleborn 2. Battleborn 2? <laughs> it's, it's ripe. It's ready. Like, by the time it comes out, oh Overwatch is probably going to be dead. And that'll um, be it. That's when Battleborn swoops in. Surely you nah, can. No, 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 no. If they do make a sequel to Battleborn, it's not going to be Battleborn 2. It's going to be 2 Battle 2 Born. Battle Reborn. Nice. Two Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Two yeah. battle reborn. Oh, yeah. it's so hard. It's so hard. Um, no, no it's but, gonna be a mashup between uh, uh, Colon- aliens, colonial marines, and Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, I'd buy that. Colonial oh, Duke Nukem, dude. <laughs> like he's sick and tired of this shit, so he's gonna go to the moon. Game over, man. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> no, but real, real talk. It's probably something related to Borderlands. Whether it's like. Trey. Yeah, whether it's Borderlands 3 or, like, Borderlands the pre-pre-sequel, sequelitis prequel, or fucking, I don't know, Borderlands the card game. They are, uh, like, <laughs> they are like they need to have a Borderlands come out, like, almost every year. I hate to say it. I, I don't think that's a good idea, but I say that because everything they put out sucks now. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Everything's bad, and they yeah. need money. And they just, they like, they like making money. And if they want to yeah. make money, they're going to work on Borderlands 3, obviously. Yeah, I mean, and I, I hope it's Borderlands 3. Like, I want to see a really good Borderlands come out. The only problem I have with it is that what are they going to do with it to make it fresh? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't really know well, at all, really. To, to maybe take a lesson from the video game that's plaguing every news site right now. Like, seriously, if you go to IGN or GameSpot right now, there are at least 20 headlines about Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. But... What if Borderlands 3 was kind of like Destiny 2, where instead of playing four specific vault hunters, you just create a vault hunter and, you know, like you mm. go through a bunch of these MMO type missions. That's, a, that's, yeah, that's, that's a way that's something that's going to have to need. It's going to have to move the needle, though, like you said, Colin, it's going to have to do something like that. We don't even know we want yet. Um, right. In order to yeah, really because, like rise to relevance and and break through the clutter, it's going to have to do something yeah. that we can't even consider right now. I think if they give us exactly. more of Borderlands Two, I'm out. I'm out, and I'm swearing off the series forever. But it's going to have to do yeah. something pretty revolutionary for to get the attention of everybody. I think. What, no, what, was, I, the, what I, was the last yeah. Border Games that came out? Borderlands. It was the uh, Borderlands the pre-sequel. Yeah. Was that? Well, how was te- that? Technically. Uh, Tales of the Borderlands that came out after, right? But well, yeah, but yeah, I'm talking about like the core FPS. Like, how yeah. was that? I've I never played it. What I've heard is if you liked Borderlands 2, it's more of the exact same. Okay, they can't do that again. Yeah. They really can't. They already lost me on Borderlands 2. Someone who played, yeah. I, I said this on the, on the show, I played Borderlands 1 like oh, multiple hundreds of hours, probably 250, 200 hours, probably total. And then to lose me on Borderlands 2, like. How does that happen? You know, I, I know I'm an exception. I'm not like I'm not like, you know, the typical case, but uh, I'm kind of I've definitely fallen away from the series and Borderlands 3 is going to have to do some really cool stuff. I'm open to the idea. It, you know what? Oh, if they have a battleground mode. That would be like sick as fuck. PvP? Yes, like, yeah, like 100 people. Like if they, you know, games uh, are gonna have a battleground. No. Those are those are happening. If they do that in the Borderlands universe, that could be cool. Or an offshoot. Yo, there I, yeah, I'm not you, gonna. Yeah, you, actually, I'm I'm kind of for that. No, I'm kind of for that. I'm against that. And you know why? Because it to me it sounds like you know back in like the late 2000s, early 2010s, it, like there were a lot of these games that were like, hey, Call of Duty successful because they have a team deathmatch. So let's make Far Cry. 
but let's throw in Team Deathmatch. It's going to sound like that, you know, where it's like they're making Borderlands 3 and they're like, hey, player unknown battlegrounds really, really good. Why don't we throw that in there? You know, it, it's I like, agree with you. I agree with I you. It's it's it, rotten. I agree with what you're saying. I, you're not wrong, but but you have to know that there are tons of games are going to be aping this gameplay now because of the success i mean player on battleground just passed the 10 million dollar mark or 10 million units sold mark and we just talked about a couple weeks ago like they're at 8 million like they are like growing at a meteoric rate and it's making money and they're selling it at 30 dollars a game borderlands 3 is gonna be you know double that at least and then yeah. probably over a hundred dollars when you factor in the season pass because they'll probably do that stuff too um so i'm just saying for better or for worse, I think it would be a smart business decision for them to, if they want to make money, to have something sort of like that um, mm-hmm. in their game. I think I, it would, I think I can see a board. I can see them in a boardroom where someone's bringing up PUBG. I'll just put it that way. The talks I, are happening. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I can see it for sure. It, it would just be about how they would execute it, like how well it would it would be done within that game. I think. Um, I think it could benefit from, like Robert said, more of like a Destiny feel where mm-hmm. they do have like a character customization. Yeah. Or like you just make your own character. Um, mm-hmm. Only problem with that, that I said, like, is there skill trees in Destiny? Yeah. Yeah, they're all right. They're 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 not as in-depth as Borderlands. But what I mean when I say they, they ape Destiny is not like literally make Destiny 3. It's like the idea of, like with Borderlands 2 and to an extent Borderlands 1, they tried to do like a you know, at end game, if you could even call that end game, you can keep grinding for cooler loot, get those purple, those gold guns, right? But it's like, right. who gives a shit? It's a single player game. Maybe you can co-op, but that's kind of it. So why not? And oh, and on top of that, there was only a set number of missions. It's not like you could grind the same mission or like this raid over and over again. So why right, not just right. lean harder into like, make it an MMO because that's clearly what you want. Like, why would you make this variety of loot with all these guns that can have all these small but significant modifications and then say, yeah, but it's only PVE. It's whatever. Or, you know, it's only like there's, you just play through the campaign and you're done. It's, you know, like to me, that's I, dumb. I, I think we all do stand in agreement. So they're, they're going to have to come up with something more right to, to, yeah. to stand a chance. So I'm interested. I, I think this game is at least two, three, maybe even four years out. If they're, you know, if they're announcing, talking about it, we'll see. But I think when we first hear or see about it at E three, it'll be two years after that, probably till we actually start playing it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. with any game, right? Like, I, I hope, you know, when I when we hear about a game coming out, I hope it comes out and just blows my freaking socks off. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I want games to succeed, and I want this to be a good game. I, I really enjoyed uh, the first Borderlands, just like Jack did. I got it on my three sixty, played the shit out of it. Had, I mean, I made a lot of friends through that game too. Mm-hmm. Uh, online because of it and when borderlands 2 it kind of fizzled out about halfway through and so if they want to you know really pull me back in they're going to have to do something fresh you know some vr to. yeah some vr component will probably be in shoehorned into it too who even knows if vr will be it a thing be. by then but yeah you know, i mean it's probably safe but they're like people are speculating that this might come out uh fiscal year 2019 so april 2018 through march 2019 because hmm. take two you know the publisher who owns uh gear well who owns borderlands and like you know gearbox develops it for them and all that um they said that they have a anticipated new title from one of their biggest franchises to come out in fiscal 2019 mm-hmm. so could right. be lining mm-hmm. up to be the new borderlands hey now we'll see we'll see yeah I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see a successful Borderlands because that game has enough charm, but sometimes doesn't really have the gameplay to support it. 
I just don't want to see this this studio close down. <laughs> Borderlands Three <laughs> feels safe to say that the studio, their success depends on this game. I would say, yeah, yeah, kind of. You know, so for for that reason alone, I'm I'm on its side. I'm on their side. Yeah. Well, that I think wraps up the news that we have for this podcast. So I'm going to throw it now over to Jack, who has a would you rather for us this week. All right, uh, get ready, guys. This is uh, something I kind of just came up uh, with right before the show. So, <laughs> so uh, would you rather? Would you rather always need to sneeze and never be able to, or always feel, or always have two eyelashes stuck or an eyelash stuck in both eyes at all times? <laughs> that feeling. They both suck, but which one sucks less? Discuss. Wow. Um. Okay. So. So. Okay. The, the inspiration when, for when, the, hold on. The inspiration for this question was I had this feeling where I had to sneeze, but I couldn't, and it was one of the worst things I've ever experienced in my life. I don't know if that's ever happened to you guys, but it really sucks when you're like look up s- at a light. Okay, when you're like half sneezing for like a minute, <laughs> it's like torture. Okay, so, fair enough. I don't know. Uh, first of all, if you have to sneeze, look up at a light; it'll make you sneeze. That's like a that's like a thing. Um, yeah, but I've never heard. Dude, of I don't that know before. because when, yeah, it's a thing. Um, when I feel like I'm about to sneeze, I, th- I feel like I could I would at least still be able to function or at least try to get used to it. Thing is, like when I have stuff in my eye, it bothers the shit out of me. Yeah. I, I mean, like, it's like, I need to get this out of my eyeball right now, or else I'm just going to hold my eye closed for the rest of eternity until it happens. Do you wear contacts? Like, me? Yeah. No. Does it, the idea of putting contacts on your eyes freak you out? I, I mean, it doesn't really freak me out. I don't really, like, anything that has to do with, like, eyes and horror movies and shit freaks me the fuck out. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. I don't like anything near my eye, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, putting contacts in is one thing, but anything else, like, foreign objects in my eye, no. No go. It's bad enough having one eyelash in your eye under your eyelid, but having both, like, yeah. How do you even drive? <laughs> I don't. I think I might lean more toward the eyelash thing because wow. I don't. I don't think I could ever get used to the idea of always being just about to sneeze. It would really suck because because I couldn't even record this podcast and be like today. <laughs> Today, <laughs> wait, we're gonna <laughs> welcome to Tiny. Oh God, I and just, you could never, <laughs> and, and you could, you would never like cross that threshold, right? Of like yeah. the satisfaction <laughs> of just snotting all over yourself and getting yeah, whatever's in there out. You can't even blow Robert your nose. Sounds like he, Robert sounds like he's you're either you just ate an extremely hot pepper or you're about to cream your pants. <laughs> It was getting a little hot in here. I was gonna say, yeah, hey. a little steamy. <laughs> Look, all but I'm saying is, but, I, oh god, <sighs> yeah, yeah, accurate though, because that's how it'd be. You'd be suffering. Yeah, you're looking for that sweet, sweet release, and it never happens. <laughs> it never happens. I, yeah, so you I don't take think... the eyeball. So your eyes would probably be watering all the time. You probably look more like you're almost seizing. If you're in public looking like you have to like you have to sneeze all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like are you having a stroke? <laughs> yeah. yeah people, people would think there's like, yeah, like some medical issue that they need that needs serious attention right now. 
Right. Whereas, I don't know, dude. They're, they're both awful. I don't know. With the eyelash things, I feel like I get used to it. Like, maybe I just squint forever, so I just look at everyone like Liam Neeson looks at everyone and Taken, but... <laughs> Uh, it's something that's it's a little more like you can get used to it than like constantly my face is contorted because i'm about to sneeze like my face is always buried in my elbow how are you doing so you ever seen clockwork orange yeah just go around with those eye clamps that just hold your eyes open the whole time <laughs> and then you know the ear the eye drops just go in like that would that'd be your life oh, god yeah dude was that honestly though like in that scene on a side note was that like was that prosthetics or was that real? That was real. The part in that movie. That was real. That was like, holy shit. Yeah. Where they're in the movie theater where they're holding his eyelids open. Yeah. That's absolutely real. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Cause it, nothing, nothing about that part looks fake to me. And I, I would just, I've watched it and I'm like, dude, did someone really sit there with their eyes open like that? Also, yeah. Also. And yeah, they, Awful. he depended on people to like put eye drops in his eyes too. So also just another side note, as we're talking about eyeball stuff, um, is that if you ever plan and I do, hopefully one day I would love to get LASIK surgery just because my nearsightedness is off the charts. Like literally it's like to the far right of the bell curve. Oh dude. So I would love to get me started. So oh. I would love to get LASIK, but I'm going to tell you guys from firsthand experience, if anyone out there listening is considering getting eye surgery, do not, do not YouTube it. <laughs> You don't <laughs> want to go it's there. It's too late for me, bro. I, like, it's I, too late. Like, I told it's people, so terrible. So in my office, I told people about this. I was like, listen, if you're ever thinking about getting eye surgery, do not look at this. So what do they do, of course? Three of them it. pull it up on their computer. And I shit you not, dude. The entire row started screaming in terror. <laughs> like, now, what do you look? Oh, my. Oh, they couldn't <laughs> believe it. They could, And like, we, it caused a scene. That's how bad those videos are. Now, Jack, dude, you just told a story about how you told people to not do this and they yes. proceeded to do it yes. and now you are telling people again yes. don't do are you a, are you a masochist i'm fully aware of what i'm doing to be honest. okay good <laughs> but i'm saying you know this is this is a, a chance an opportunity if you will to exert a bit of emotional intelligence here and you're just gonna have to take my word for it and not search that on google do not do that he's manipulating you <laughs> Just forget everything that happened oh, in the past gosh. five so minutes. You, you, you saw it, Colin, then? Yeah. I had the displeasure of seeing, like, I watched a full video, like, a full LASIK Ooh. surgery. Dude, it is, like, the most brutal, like, most yeah. metal thing. It, yeah. It, it's like it, it's like that scene in Dead Space 2 where you, like, mm-hmm. had to put that fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaac Clarke's I eye. I hated that part, And yeah. it's like, I fucked that part up so many times. And I was like, oh, my God, this is horrifying. But it's like... I, like watching it, like should I just talk about the procedure? No, no. Or, I mean, like, I was no, just gonna, okay. I was gonna say something real kind of like friendly for everybody, like a way to, you know, easily visualize it. But the way it's a basically equivalent of taking having a Wait, machine. Pause, okay, pause. pause. Should I take off my headphones first? No, no, Do no. Do I no. want to hear this? Just listen. It's fine. I'm gonna be talking about fruit here. So if you imagine oh, a machine no. that can hold a grape and like peel precision the skin off nope. of a grape this, this nope. isn't making nope. it any better and then, and then like, <laughs> we have no host on this podcast we have no host dude the metaphor is not going to make it any better he's not like, here he took his headphones off so that's the tiny disc podcast everybody welcome back to the show robert scarpini god i still need to so, edit that too so oh god like, so yeah, it's like it's like you know cutting like a door oh, shape, no, no, you know, what? in the no. skin, peeling it back, no, no, no. and then shooting a laser into. <laughs> <laughs> then shooting just, a laser into it. it. Okay, putting it laser. 
<laughs> Shooting a laser into the grape and then closing it and then sewing it back up. And that's it. Okay, I'm done. Thumbs up. Okay. Yeah, and the eye just like suctions the incision <laughs> shut. That <laughs> counts is golden now. As soon as he puts his headphones back on. Okay, we gotta okay, we gotta God. be done with the show. We gotta wrap this you up. You guys are awful. All right. But that's what it in I'm telling you, in reality, that's what it is. So LASIK surgery. So you said you'd rather have things in your eyeballs forever. Yes. You'd have eyelashes in your eyeballs for the rest of your life. I, I and, think that's a lot easier to get used to. And I can see it working. It would still look really it would still be incredibly uncomfortable and cumbersome but i can see it but you colin you decided to go the other way um after much thought and hearing your guys's explanations i think i'm gonna go with eyelashes in the eyeballs cotton you hate that stuff i do but it's like eh, i i also don't want to look like i'm having a stroke 24 7 so yeah, exactly a sneeze is a <laughs> whole body affair will you, you know, do it one more time please what it's like do what, what <laughs> yeah you did a good impression of it uh, okay so oh, so what it's like <laughs> we need the visual to you you do okay so what it's God, like we need twitch already what it's like to always be on the verge of sneezing it's not like you just deal with it with your mouth it's your whole body like it contorts mm-hmm. whereas with the eyelashes yeah, that's true yeah with the eyelashes I, I, yeah. you're just blinking kind of you're like oh that's oh this sucks oh ew yeah because if thinking of my some of my past sneezing experience <laughs> Robert, I don't know. Have you, ha- have you had the displeasure of seeing or hearing me sneeze? I can't, I don't know if you have. No, but apparently you write down every time you sneeze yeah, and describe you, like, it. Like, a diary like, or some shit. Like, yeah, I do. Like, yeah, every time I write it, I have like a sneeze diary. <laughs> this morning like it was a really diary. bad one. Yeah, <laughs> January seventh, eight forty nine p.m. It was a foggy it hurt morning this time. Yeah, I'm like on the floor. Someone has to hold my head up. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> So, so no, what, like, talk, talk about your sneezing real quick. What do you so, mean? No, they're just like, my sneezes are just like, sometimes, sometimes they're not anything. They're just like, you know, it's like, I, you know, I really uh-huh. hold them down. Like if I'm in class or something like that, I'm going to try to like hold it down a little bit because I don't want to be like a disturbance. But other, like sometimes it just catches me off guard and it's like a full body, like, ah, like, like earth shattering yeah. world ending sneezes. Yes. <laughs> And like, let me tell you, dude, like it's like it, my abs hurt sometimes oh, no. after I sneeze. Like, it's just like I'm flexing that shit. And it's it's like I just went through like Ab Ripper X on P90X or some shit. Um, but let me tell you, the most iconic sneeze I know of personally okay. is my grandpa. My wait, grandpa. Wait, who? Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> the fucking phone. <laughs> who? What is happening? Hold on. My grandpa. Did you hear that? Say it again. What? My grandpa? Okay, you were what, saying grandpa. You were saying grandpa. And yeah. it, it, grandpa. Grandpa. Pa. Not grandpa. Uh, okay, I say it a certain okay. way, but it's like... It's, <laughs> yeah, it's that's all. It's it really fuck? weird. That's all through me. Up. I never heard anyone say God, my grandpa. It's like, it's like you guys love ripping apart my accent or my <laughs> English or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> my grandpa. Okay, okay. I got you. Yeah, Dane it. Okay. Dane. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, how does he sneeze? Um, so this so he, this is how he sneezes like I just picture my grandpa all, like sitting in his lazy boy and then all of a sudden it just hits him dude and it's like it's an experience it's like he revs up and he's just kind of like whoa yeah dude like I'm talking like it's a like almost like a fully automatic machine gun interesting like very high pitched but it's it's the most ridiculous thing and it's like oh my god it's like 
it's like his soul is leaving his body while he sneezes. I don't <laughs> so it's like five rapid fire sneezes in succession. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Wow. See me, it's like it's like uh, you guys ever seen Cat in the Hat? The no. live action wonderful movie. Yes. With oh my Myers. gosh, the, the live action that nightmare fuel. The Emmy Award winning greatest movie of all time. <sighs> So, do you remember them fake ass sneezes that Alec Baldwin was doing when he's like, "I'm allergic to cats"? You guys and he's are like, talking about that movie. That's me when <sighs> I sneeze sometimes, and my grandpa's like the exact opposite. Hold on, Jack, are you not a fan of this movie? I'm incredulous. What? Wait, no, we can't bring up that movie. That movie oh, is one of the worst can. movies of all time. Have you guys ever seen? You know where I saw this movie first? There's a um, there's a YouTube video that shows the Cat in the Hat movie. This is the one with Mike Myers, right? The live action one. Yeah. Okay. So it's objectively one of the worst movies ever made. I don't know if you guys are aware, but it really is. Yeah. And it and it sunk that director. It sunk that whole studio. It lost like hundreds of millions of dollars. But anyways, aside from all that, this YouTube video is really funny because anytime that um it gets like weird or pedophilia y and just really creepy, the movie speeds up by like five percent. So then the whole video is only like nine minutes long. (laughs) Because <laughs> it happens it's so often. Great. Yeah, it's it's pretty entertaining. I don't know. I think that movie is great to play a drinking game to. I did that once. It was pretty good. It got me pretty pretty feeling pretty right. Oh man, I feel like you, I seriously feel like you tail. have to drop acid to enjoy that movie. I'm I'm not even trying to be funny. Oh come on, it's enjoyable and the like. It's so bad. It's weird. It's very bad. Kind of way. Ooh, it's I'm creepy. sorry, baby. I love you. <laughs> okay, okay, let's never speak of this again. Oh gosh. With that, let's wrap up here. I think. Uh, so Jack, do you want to hit off with the email? Uh, yeah, guys. If you you know definitely have an opinion on the would you rather, or if you have any would you rather ideas, any questions that you'd like us to read on the show, um, you can email us at tiny disc podcast at gmail.com also any comments there you can leave or uh also uh, make sure to hit us up on itunes and give us a good review too yeah you can also tweet to us using well you can follow us on twitter at tiny disc podcast or you can tweet to us using the hashtag tiny disc we could we look at both do not tweet to hashtag tdp that is old and forgotten um, you can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook uh, group. And we also have a YouTube channel where we upload our podcast uh, there, too, as well. Um, oh, and let us know what you guys think of this shorter format. As you can see, we've gone, we were trying to go a little bit shorter, kind of compact our, uh, our what we got going on, what we're talking about in the podcast a little bit more to come at you a little bit, uh, you know, firing from the hip a little bit more, kind of like a little bit more short form so you guys... You know, can get in, get out a little bit quicker. So yeah, give us feedback, good or bad. We want to hear it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I think that should be it for us this week. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>